0: CompTIA benefits provide members with a wealth of resources that, when leveraged, result in measurable impact, helping to grow IT businesses and careers. Become a member today at CompTIA.org slash register. Welcome to Breaking Barriers with the Managed Services Community, a podcast that features MSP space and interviews with members of the CompTIA Managed Services Community. Hello and welcome to Breaking Barriers, the podcast for CompTIA's managed services community. I'm Miles Jovjian, Community Director with CompTIA. And with me today is Mike Goldstein of LAN InfoTech, who, among other things, is a volunteer on the Executive Council for the MSP community. So we're kind of try something a little bit new calling it the MSP Spotlight. I'll be interviewing a bunch of different MSP owners and executives with the same series of questions. And over time, we're going to find some interesting commonalities and maybe even better, some interesting differences of opinion um, that'll give you, the listeners, just some kind of new ways to think about things. So with that, Mike, thanks for being here today. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to contribute. Excellent. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about uh, LAN Infotech to get us started.
1: Perfect. So uh, we are based in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We're 20 people. I'm the president and CEO. We've been in business 10 years and uh, have a big vertical in both the legal industry and the not-for-profit industry.
0: It definitely, especially not-profit, in definite need of, of, of uh, tech support. So that's great. You know, kind of thinking back, what kind of brought you to start this company up? What brought you to bring Tech into life?
1: So uh, Land Info Tech uh, was an offshoot of another company I worked for. Um, About 28 years ago, I started up in uh, New York with a small, I guess we weren't called managed service providers then, but we were just a VAR. And we uh, grew that company from uh, four employees up to 65 across multiple cities. Moved down to Florida, and uh, it was just the natural progression. I was traveling between Miami, uh, Raleigh, Washington, New York, New Jersey, and really kind of fell in love with the South Florida community and realized that, you know, what we did in New York City was much different than what we might do in South Florida, what we might do in Raleigh. So it was uh, great to have an opportunity to start over. And, uh, you know, Florida was just an interesting region. You know, we have clients as far south as Key West, you know, all the way up to Tallahassee and a lot of international clients.
0: That's interesting. You you, you noted in a couple of things, and it sounds like maybe part of the move to Florida has to do with just some of your own values and how you'd like that to show up in your business. Is that something that is representative there? How does that kind of come through?
1: You know what, in growing through the business, really the the honesty of that is that legal was my background. And about probably about 28 years ago, we started, you know, a, a large practice in Florida with a large firm and agreed to open up an office. And we opened the office and it was very difficult to find someone that would you know, start the business up the way you would want to start it started up. And, uh, I was commuting down a lot. I lived in, uh, you know, I lived in Queens with my wife and two kids. And I guess after I missed a couple of great winter storms, <laughs> you know, guilty as sitting on the beach here, <laughs>
0: you
1: know, what was, a it was a real, uh, good, uh, opportunity to move my family, you know, out of the city into, you know, early Florida, you know, we're down here 23 years. So, uh, Wow! So I think the separation of time just came for, you know, a change of technology, a change of values being, you know, I guess everybody wants to be, you know, wants to be the driver, not necessarily the passenger.
0: Excellent. Okay. So you want to be the driver. So obviously you got something that you feel like is, you know, you're just really, really good at or that your organization does really well. So can you describe one thing that you would consider best in class that Land Info Tech does?
1: Well, I think really understanding that it, uh, I, no matter what size, you know, client you are, you know, you're entitled to class A service. So I think that that, you know, we bring great services to all, um, you know, different size firms. And on the reverse side of it, you know, we, we work with a lot of great vendors that are in place there. We really value the relationships that we've built in being able to get education on techn- on new technology and bring that technology out to our customer. Not necessarily just knock on the door yearly and say, hey, your contract's up for renewal or hey, Windows seven is end of life, things along those lines. I think our customers and our vendors truly view us as a
0: partner, not
1: necessarily the vendor or the client.
0: Gotcha, I'd like to dig into that a little bit. Can you put a finger on what it is maybe that, um, you know, that is it through your service or, or is it through a process? Is it just through hiring the right people, you know, what is it that, that, you know, you say your services and regardless of the size of the client, right, they deserve that top class uh, service. What is it, you know, that, that you think maybe gets you that edge?
1: You know, we're all consumers in some way, shape or form. You know, I travel a lot, I entertain a lot, I go I, to things and I really want to treat the customer how I want to be treated as a customer. You know, if you go to a restaurant and you go to a local business and something goes wrong, you expect. The owner to kind of make it right, and they want you to come back. So I really am upfront with our customers. Listen, we're going to have amazing days, and we're not going to have, and we're going to have days that maybe we're not so proud of, because we all, we all have to deal with people, processes, and things. And you know, as long as we can keep the communication going and going out there, and make sure that the customer understands what we're going through, not that we're just you know waiting on a call back from tech support. You know, why didn't you call me for four hours? So I think it's a it's a constant communication that we have to keep up. And like I said, treat your customer how you would want to be treated in, in any situation.
0: That's solid. That's good. So clearly that's you know a message that's coming down through all 20 of your people, right? That they just have that, that customer focus the whole time.
1: Right. And you know, the client really pay the client really has another job to do. Twenty plus years ago we were rolling trucks. And, you know, we would all, you know, our complaints would be mass transit, traffic, you know, all those kind of things. You know, now that we're in this world of, you know, we sit in the office, we remotely do a lot of support. You know, we want the client to understand that, hey, you know, we do try to bring our, our engineers on site. We want them to know who they're dealing with. We want them to see a face. You know, I want them to take my phone call just because they want to talk to me, not thinking, oh man, here's Mike calling me to sell them something else. Like I said, that's why I think it's more of a relationship whether you're a two-person client or a
0: two-thousand-seat client. Gotcha. It sounds like you can have a, a, a bevy of options to pick from for this question. But what is one of your favorite success stories that you've seen, be it an individual or a, or a job or a vendor? You know, what what's something that that you've seen in your time that's just been like just blown you away?
1: You know what? A few years ago, we got involved a lot more in the community um, and involving ourselves with uh, Chamber of Commerces, and that's how we got involved with not-for-profits. Probably it was four years ago we formed a relationship with the, the Dan Marino Institute um, that uh, re-educates autistic children, and uh, we accepted an internship. Uh, I run the technology committee for the Fort Lauderdale Chamber the Institute contacted me to talk about how they can get some opportunities with the chamber. But in the end, um, we had uh, four uh, interns come in and work with us for uh, six months. Actually, it was uh, four for five months. And, you know, you don't know what to expect. You know, you have these um, uh, children with disabilities coming in to work into your office. I uh, They they trained us. They brought in what's, uh, a person to explain to us, you know, what the challenges were with working with these, these students. And I got to tell you that we kind of all fell in love with them. You know, we put them through some training, we showed them all aspects of our MSP business. I'm a really big hockey fan. And I started uh, the first day they told me that I had to give them uh, homework assignments. So I thought of something and uh, we gave them office 365 accounts and instructions on how to get it set. And my homework assignment was for them to go home and watch the Florida Panthers hockey game team. And I gave them three players that were my favorite players. And I said, you know what, why don't you watch hockey? Get your account up and running. And when you get it up, email me if you see something interesting about any of these three players. I will tell you that my phone blew up that night. The second day of the internship, the director called me and uh, asked me to come meet. And then in that meeting, she asked, did you give them a homework assignment? And I said, well, if it was a really good homework assignment, yes, I did give it to them. (laughs) (laughs) But if it was a bad one, it was my office. And And she told me how ecstatic the parents were that the students took this to heart and they had this connection with hockey. And during the rest of that season, you know, I would bring them things from the game. We'd explain different things to them. And, uh, you know, when the internship Uh, was over it was just one of those things where everybody was the day after everyone looked to see in the conference room where our students were and it was just one of those great rewarding things to pass some information out to them to work with them and, and and see their eyes light up of the littlest things that were out there and I got to share you know my passion of hockey and it with them that's
0: great I love it, it. One
1: of those things that we were able to do, we, we did the, a similar internship um, internship uh, this year with a smaller number of students. And I volunteer there to help them uh, during their CompTIA classes because they offer CompTIA and Microsoft uh, certified professional classes. So I come in once or twice a year to talk to the students about uh, business and those types of things. So that was one of my big accomplishments that was out there. And I take it really personal. And I, I, I love that we had the opportunity to do it and involve two of my favorite passions.
0: That's awesome. And and as a fellow uh, hockey nut myself, I, I love that you're preaching the word, right? <laughs> we need more. That's great. That is great. During that season,
1: I had told them I was going to the game. And uh, I remember the date because it was on my uh, one of my son's birthday. And it was the 20th anniversary of the year of the rat for the panthers oh yes so i tried to explain to them on be at the game and they just kept saying that thinking that they were gonna see me on tv so that night they gave out you know 1996 rats so i brought them back i put it all on their desks and i explained it and they kept that little rat with the 1996 date for the whole internship on there and, they, and as people would come in and visit them from the Institute and stuff, it was interesting to hear their interpretation of why that
0: black plastic rag <laughs> was there on their laptop. <laughs> That's great. That was a fun season, too. I, I do remember that. That was, that was fun. my
1: first season down here. We've been season ticket holders since then. And believe it or not, um, probably four years ago, four, three years, we did the full IT services for the hockey club, for the arena. It was kind of cool.
0: Oh, wow. That's great. That's great. So, all right, I'm going to kind of turn a, turn a corner a little though. When you look around kind of the landscape of MSPs today, what, whew, what scares you? What's the biggest challenge that, that is facing maybe not only yourself, but the industry as a whole? What would you like to speak to there? What, what's, what's challenging out there right now?
1: Cyber, cyber. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been preaching it for years and to see, you know, managed service providers as targets is even scarier at this point, um, you know, to see our name as managed service providers on the Homeland Security list, to hear all the stories, you know, every night it's one of those things that does keep me awake because we're, we all have to try to be, you know, a step ahead and it's, it's, it's kind of difficult and that's been the biggest challenge for us.
0: So how, how do you kind of prepare for some of that, some of that unexpected, some of that maybe at this point, should be expected. But you know, how, what are some of the things that you kind of keep top in mind, or 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 emphasize with staff, or you know, how do you how do you prepare for the unpreparable, Right.
1: So we did practice what we what we preached um, when the Homeland Security notice came out, and uh, so we feel that internally we have to eat our own dog food. So uh, uh, from September till the end of December last year, we took an internal project of. Trying to secure every system that we had in the cloud, so we went through everything that we did, uh, everything that we touched. We reset up security. We put two-factor authentication in. You know, uh, not that we didn't have it before, but we went through every process, procedure, policy that we had to make sure that we were looking over our shoulder. Um, and uh, it took us, you know, three months. On top of that, also. We're a member of InfraGuard. InfraGuard is FBI, Secret Service, Homeland Security. So anyone listening in any city, you know, you just, uh, anyone can join InfraGuard. And we happened to sit through an FBI presentation on Office 365 and how to secure Office 365, maybe a little more documented than Microsoft did. And we went through, besides our internal processes, we went through every Office 365 tenant that we had. And we went through all the policies and procedures. We went through it actually three times because as we finished the first one, we found other things. So we found that we have to practice what we preach and really make sure that we have all of our, you know, I's dotted and T's crossed, just like our clients.
0: That is so important. And just like your clients, one of the, you know, uh, threats that you don't you know, really want to think about a whole lot sometimes can they even be that internal person, right? The, the terminated employee and making sure that all their access is closed off and things like that as well, which is part and parcel of that full internal audit. Yeah.
1: And I think security isn't meant to be fun. So <laughs> some of our instances of way we do support today that there's only a couple people that get the two-factor authentication code that goes back. So our help desk might have to ask a supervisor to give them the
0: code. Oh, okay.
1: We, we've made it a little harder for ourselves, but, you know, we, we understand the threat and the challenge. Uh, I, you know, to, to see some of the things that have gone on, you know, some of the cities close to our heart in Florida here that they had to pay ransom and, and, and go out there. I mean, it really is an epidemic around, uh, I, I do think an epidemic around the world and us as the holders of the keys for our clients. You know, I kind of view that. And the bad guys are definitely smart. You know, why try to go after a thousand people when I can hit 50 of them that have the keys to 10,000?
0: Yep, yep. So I
1: think that we are definitely targets and we have to, as business owners and managed service providers, we have to take that seriously. And that's, that's, our, that's the biggest thing that we've been focusing on, preaching. October is cybersecurity awareness month. I have, I, I just looked at my calendar. I have eight speaking engagements already that are set up with various organizations, people, events that we're doing because, you know,
0: we really preach it. It's so important. And 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 you're right, just because any hole in that fabric that we're laying over everybody is a hole that anything can get through, right? So if, if it be a single employee or an MSP or your client or your vendor or your technology or whatever, there is that's right. just not covered properly. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it used to be, you know, you look at that stat
1: that, you know, these businesses don't survive, you know, a disaster when we were talking about disaster recovery. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just that one breach, you know, where there's tons of us in every city, state, county, you know, we don't, no one wants to be on that list. No one wants to get that newsletter because we've seen it in our industry over the past three months, you know, some of the industry, you know, industry uh, magazines aren't shy to just like the TVs, the you know, the regular news organizations to say, company XYZ had a breach. Yeah, you don't want to be on the,
0: on the wrong end of that headline. So maybe related to security, but it could be really anything, you know, that there's always the next big thing coming in tech, right? There's the next technology, the next evolution, the next thing, whatever it be. A lot of times, those things kind of end up being filled out, right? And it just doesn't work. There's no real business case, maybe. What do you do to kind of determine when that hype cycle grows to be something real and is applicable for you? Um, How how do you kind of make that judgment? Because it does seem to be a bit of an art.
1: It it is. I think that the key thing is as a business owner, I have to be well-informed and I use, you know, organizations like CompTIA. You have to read some, you know, vendor, not vendor specific literature to look at the trends that go out there. Um, You know, ChannelCon, you got to be out there at events. You know, I I go to Microsoft Inspire. I'm very involved with the channel company and their exchange events. I think that you have to be involved in industry events where you're talking to your peers to find out what what they're doing. And I think, you know, we're only as good as our network. So we're just looking at trends, you know, yes, you know. Been a member of CompTIA forever, but it's great to see some of those emerging technologies, see where it goes, cross-reference it with your other big manufacturer vendors. Distribution's a big source of, of, of information. So we parse through those. We're out there at events seeing, touch, and feeling and trying to figure out how that would affect our customers and what could be that next wave.
0: That's great advice because, yeah, I, I love the, the angle of, of just being out there, right? Being at those events and talking to people and because and, I don't think there's any point, you know, at least personally, I hear something one time. You know, you, it sits in your brain and you consider it and then you hear about it again. And then all of a sudden, maybe you make a connection in your brain that says, hey, wait a minute, I'm doing this thing over here and, and this solution maybe could help me with that. But that usually doesn't dawn, you know, that very first time you come across something. So you have to be repeatedly exposed to all of the different opportunities and neat and new tech that's out there to, to kind of, you know, let your brain process it and, and then start lining things up.
1: And that's why you have to surround yourself by good organizations, you know, good technology vendors, you know, different organizations, and you have to rely on your peers. The peer network is, you know, the greatest thing. You know, sometimes people say it's really lonely at the top. You know, you go to an event, you know, that's why I'm involved in CompTIA, I'm involved with this. You want to meet other people like you in different parts of the country. Or, you know, when I go to Microsoft Inspire, I make it a point to meet four different people. It's, It's one of my own little goals in different parts of the world you know, that, that go out there and it doesn't make a difference what language they're speaking. You know, Windows is still Windows and, you know, cyber is still cyber. You know, and you'll find that it doesn't make a difference where you are in the world. We all suffer from the same types of challenges. It just might look a little different.
0: Sure. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. All right. All right. Big, big last question for you. OK, you're walking down the trail of life up ahead of you behind some glowing light is the ultimate guru of IT solutions and support. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. What would you want to ask this person? What is
1: that next great trend? You know, when we look at when we look at this. So I I started my IT career in 1983. I remember that I I graduated school, I grew up in the PC age and you look at all of the things that have jumped on board and changed. And if we can only have some insight as to what that next great wave is, because you know those, those, those early, those people that are involved early are the guys that become the best at it. And I always look at that, that my grandfather used to always joke about. It. He was a big player in the stock market. And I used to joke that by the time you read about it in the New York Times, the deal was gone already. So we wanna have what that next big wave would be. And you wanna get involved early, And you want to get involved heavy so that you're that expert by the time peers are finding out about it. That's my goal. We want to have that little crystal ball to see what that next wave is. Today, is it cyber? Is it 5G? Is it artificial intelligence? Is it something that we're not seeing in the cloud? You know, so having that old little magic eight ball, shaking it a few times and coming up with that technology.
0: That would be useful. All right. So tech, get on that. (laughs) everybody has just experienced our first MSP spotlight session. And and Mike, I think you did amazing. That was great. Thank you for your, uh, for your commentary.
1: I I had fun. And, you know, like I said, I I try to, I I try to keep those values go out there and practice what I preach.
0: Excellent. All right. Before I wrap, um, I'd like to everybody to know uh, CompTIA has launched an official member app. You can find it in your app store. Um, we'd love if you could go ahead and, and grab that app out of there, put it on your phone, um, and join us in our forums. Managed Services Community has a forum there, as well as all of our communities. Um, we're, we're trying to kind of populate that up with some content and with some interaction and people. So please come on in and, uh, and join us there. Thank you for listening to uh, today's Breaking Barriers podcast. We're going to keep this going. Uh, Next time, I believe I've got Corey Kirkendall with 5K Technical Solutions. And uh, we'll be looking forward to talking with Corey. Michael, thank you very much today. Thank you. You can hear more expert information like this by attending ChannelCon in person. Over three inspiring days, you'll join top tech industry thought leaders and peers in vendor-neutral collaboration, learning, and partnership. Save the date for ChannelCon 2020. August 3rd through 5th in Orlando, Florida. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers with the Managed Services Community. You can find more episodes and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.